And before that, midweek media watch with Hayden Donnell. And Hayden wants to start it with this soundbite. Would you be spending more or less yes. than the Labour-led government? I think we'd be spending uh, money. I think that the, more, the more debate over whether the debt in... Uh, well, the, the point is that we'd be spending uh, money. I'm not going to quibble over whether it should be more or less. No, the but issue this is, is really the quality significant. of the spending. You, you've pointed out so, that, that you have concerns with, with what is surely going to be staggering debt. We're staring down the barrel of perhaps 53% debt as a percentage of GDP, $170 billion. So tell me, if you, if you were so clear on National's plan, would you be spending more or less than the current government? This government has said that they're spending a, a certain amount over the next few months, including $20 billion, which they have no idea of yet, with no specificity of where they're going to spend it. That was the new leader of the National Party, Todd Muller, Talking to, I think it was Jack Tame. Hayden will tell me. Hayden Donnell with Midweek Media Watch. Kia ora, Hayden. Welcome back tonight. Kia ora, Brian. Nice to be here. Nice to have you on. So your your theme, first theme is what? The media grilling of the new leader of the National Party? Yeah, so there's been some pretty tough interviews for Todd Muller in the last few days. You're right, that was Jack Tame on Q&A on TVNZ. And so yeah, it's been a, it's been it's been a tough couple of days for Todd Miller, and, and and a lot of the confrontational moments in these interviews are centering on that point that Jack Tame is raising there, Miller's lack of an of detail on his economic plan. So this is John Campbell on TVNZ's breakfast this morning. So it's two days after that Tame interview. This is what Campbell had to say. I've now asked you three times what your recovery plan is. So you rolled Simon Bridges. You said that your case for rolling Simon Bridges is that you arrive with an economic recovery plan that you can deliver on and that he couldn't deliver on. But every time you're asked what it is, you say small business, and then you don't cite anything you're going to do for small business. You cite the GST policy, which was already in the marketplace, courtesy of Paul Goldsmith and Simon Bridges, and you have nothing else at all. Look, uh, John, look, with respect, I mean, I've been in the job for five days. Uh, but my you rolled the leader to get the, the job. Team. You rolled the leader to get the job. Yes. Right, OK. There's a few awkward silences there, um, Hayden. Um, was, were, that, was those the, were those the worst ones? <laughs> was that just I, I, those were representative? The, those were probably... No, it was. To be honest, Brian, there there was multiple moments that I could have picked from, that were pretty similar. Those were possibly more heightened moments in the in the interviews, but they were very confrontational. And it's it's hard to say whether this is just tough interviewing or it's kind of poor preparation from Muller because it feels like. It's a mixture of both. Obviously, Campbell and Jack Tame are really pointed, experienced political interviewers, and they are trained to seize on these kinds of weaknesses that Muller was displaying here. But on the other hand, he's making it very easy because he's saying the key difference between National and Labour is that we have a really good economic plan to help us recover from COVID-19, and Labour doesn't. And so the obvious question then is, well, what is that economic plan? And he yeah. doesn't seem to have detail. How does that compare, though, with, you know, Jacinda Ardern became leader at about a similar time in the run-up to an election three years ago. Now, how does it compare with the treatment she got then? Have you gone back and checked that yeah, so out? We, 
Yeah, I did. I went, I went back and checked out uh, just so I could compare it to something. And I mean, the, the press conference that Jacinda Ardern gave on the day that she became leader is the most easily accessible one. And there are questions there that are like this. And it's people asking, you know, what's your position on the capital gains tax? What's your position on this policy and this policy? And she does, just like Muller, she deflects. And she says, look, I've only been in the job, so, you know, a couple of hours. I need 72 hours. She gives that exact figure, 72 hours to figure to figure things out. And I'll get back to you then. And so she deflects. and she, But she just seems to do it a lot more successfully than Muller, and I, I, I have been thinking about why that is. Well, she maybe had that good luck that the government that she was up against wasn't dealing with a global crisis, and she's done a whole lot of stuff which basically Muller has said, well, we would have done that too. So it's, it's a bit harder to turn around and say, we would have done that too, but the next bit we'll do is different and better. And maybe it's just a, that's yeah. just the, being in the wrong point in history. Yeah, and but I mean, this is the the issue. There is that he that he has obviously lodged this criticism that the government isn't doing it right. Uh, he is saying that they haven't got this economic plan correct, and and so he he doesn't seem to have it. Or, as he doesn't seem to have the detail on, on exactly what he'd do better. But I mean, part of it is that yes, you're right. The circumstances are different. You know, Jacinda Ardern became the leader of the opposition seven weeks out from an election. Uh, you know, she gave this clear time frame, and and there is this 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 third thing as well that Ardern. I think this is possibly where Muller made a mistake. Uh, Ardern was very focused on what Labour is doing, but uh, Muller is saying uh, this is you. He's saying the government is doing something wrong rather than focusing on what National would do uh, right. And so obviously there is that instinctual the instinct from Campbell and Tame and other interviewers to actually say, hey, well, if you say the government's doing wrong, exactly what are they doing wrong and what would you do differently? Now, Tova O'Brien, and we've talked about one or two moments in her recent broadcasting career with News Hub that have attracted some criticism, and you've stuck up for some of the things she's done, those big media briefings with the Prime Minister and Ashley Broomfield over the last few months. But you've got a story here about her. Well, basically, it's a story she did that you highly recommend. Oh, I, I, I would highly recommend. It's one of the most startling, quite exhilarating, confronting political stories I've seen in recent memory. I mean, possibly, possibly for years. But if you thought that those interviews were awkward, then you should watch O'Brien's report from Tuesday evening and it centers on mainly on the question of whether national's finance finance spokesman paul goldsmith is marty and this came about because o'brien asked nikki kay and muller just before they went into their first cabinet meeting about the lack of marty people on their front bench and kay comes back saying that oh of course paul goldsmith has nati pudo roots and that ended up, winded up, resulting in this excruciating exchange that I'll play for you now. Is Paul Goldsmith actually Māori? Because he just told us, Paul Goldsmith just told us well, he's not Māori. He just said he's not Māori. OK, well, I'll go and talk to Paul. Thank you. So off Nikki Kay went and dug in. Paul does have Nāti Parau consent. Nāti Parau descent. No, 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 not, not, not touching. I'm not, not Māori myself. 
sound to be clear. My great-great-grandfather had uh, European wives and Māori wives, and so I've got lots of relatives across the Ngāti Paro. I don't claim to be Māori myself. OK, that was Paul Goldsmith saying he's not Māori. Did I hear that right? Yes, it was... <laughs> Well, it was all taking place in this one. It's this. It's almost this chaotic human drama. It's all playing out in this one red carpeted corridor, and it's Nikki Kay going away and saying, "I'll talk to Paul." Then Paul Goldsmith coming in, and then Nikki Kay saying, "Actually, Paul is Marty," and then Paul Goldsmith saying, "Wait, no, hold on a second. I just had a great grandfather." That it, it, it's it's incredibly awkward, but very uh, exciting. I'd viewing. say it's, it's, it's all. It's quite. It's using the scrum and actually the movement up and down and just keeping the camera rolling and not really editing it, and, and you've suddenly got this little masterpiece. Yeah, that's what's quite startling about this, the, the journalistic craft here, which I'm not sure I haven't seen very much of, but it's, but the, the camera movement is almost chaotic. It's, it's, uh, it's very live. You can tell that uh, it's being done on the hop and Tova's uh, convening these little conferences in the hallway while there's people walking past and MPs dodging out of the way. And so it has a sense of motion to it. There's quite a lot of journalistic craft. No. lapel mic that she's hot. She's not attached to Paul Wellsworth. She's just holding it in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> a little little lot of those tiny mics that goes on the in the front of your collar or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But she obviously didn't have time to attach it, so she's kind of like... <laughs> It's still tangled. She's holding it out to him. I mean, and so they put they piece this together very cleverly. Maybe she's been watching Lars von Trier movies or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what her inspiration is. Yeah. Anyway, it was captivating for you, and you weren't the only person who felt that way. Lastly, Stuff has a new owner. Sinead Belcher bought it for a dollar. Yes. They do. Uh, before they do this, can I just give a shout out to Stuff's reporter, Thomas Coglin, who did the maths on Kiwi Build, and he's worked out that they have only built an average of 19 a month since the scheme started in 2018. And at this rate, it would take 436 years to reach their original 10-year target of 100,000 homes. So uh, great stuff from a journalist doing the maths there. Well, see, there you are. Just to promise those things and those po those policy things didn't deliver. Maybe that's where Todd Mutter should have gone. <laughs> well, that's true. Kiwi Bill would would have been a, would have been a better target for him. I do think that if the government, I don't want to make partisan comment, but if the government wants to salvage its reputation, it needs to lift the number of Kiwi Bill houses in this country to match or possibly even exceed the number of COVID nineteen cases we have. But yes, stuff is under a new owner. Sinead Boucher, the CEO, has bought it for a dollar. This ends a sort of four year period of, I guess, intense uncertainty for the journalists there, that they were being taken over, nearly taken over by NZME several times. Their owner nine had wanted to sell them for two years. They were kind of an unloved child. And now all of a sudden they have this quite positive thing where they have a chief executive that is pretty well liked taking over the business. And the interesting thing that she's proposing is not just that she's taking over, but that she wants to give the employees a stake. Right. Employee ownership of the paper, employer shareholders. Yeah, a cooperative model, possibly. Now, the details are very scant. They're very vague at the moment. But I was really interested in this idea of giving employees a stake. And it has been something, it's not very common in the media, but it has been something that's been written about. 
I'll be speaking to someone called Dave Boyle in the UK tomorrow who has written a paper called Good News, a Cooperative Solution to the Media's Struggles. And he's very keen on cooperatively run media. And he kind of thinks that it might be a solution for the obviously for pretty pretty dicey economic model that the media is working under at the moment where ad revenue relies on ad revenue, which has obviously fallen off a cliff. Do you think um, Sinead Boucher can do this without some serious cutbacks, regardless of what happens, regardless of who owns it? No, I mean, I spoke to a stuff journalist and, and obviously everyone there is, is, is a lot happier under the new ownership than they were before. But his comment was essentially all the same problems that we had before are still facing the business. We've still got this pretty uh, tough economic situation. Sinead actually appeared before the Epidemic Response Committee under Simon Bridges and said our advertising has dropped 50% or more since the start of the COVID-19 crisis. And that's their primary source of income. So I wouldn't want to say there's going to be no cutbacks at staff or anything like that. But this cooperative model, maybe, maybe it could be something to look at. Uh, the, 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 I, I do have a, a two-paragraph quote from Boyle here, and he, he's saying, you know, it's a smart move. There's tons of evidence that people who also own the business they work in are more productive and more creative. Businesses owned by their employees get a boost in terms of being competitive and resilient, and the more of the business they own, the greater the boost is. So I'll be interested to hear what he has to say. Hayden, thank you very much for joining us tonight, and uh, I guess there'll be more on that in Media Watch on Sunday morning. Yeah, I hope so. Look, it's a pretty packed media week, so we'll see whether we can fit it this week, but we'll try. Thanks, Hayden. Hayden Denau. With... So Bye, Hayden. Hayden Denau with Midweek Media Watch. Nine minutes to 11, the full version with Hayden and Codden. Column Peacock on Monday, Sunday morning after nine.